Matt Stepp, you were about to tell me the temperature there in Canada, and I was about to tell you to go screw yourself. So look, you're going to win this one in the marketplace of ideas. Tap and step your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas football and texasfootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I am the step Matt step coming to you live from Canada. Yes. An international version of Tep and step as we are, uh, we are known worldwide as an international podcast. We really, I think people know, like we are a Texas football podcast, but I think people know us more as being, you know, having broad, um, the you know horizons, you know, or um, international men in mystery. I, I think, I think that's that's, that's definitely what it's said about us when we walk into Texas high school football stadiums. Many people are saying this is your 2023 class 4A preview edition of Tap and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in just a moment. Step and I are going to go region by region in the uh, in the big middle. Of this uh, of of uh, t- Texas high school football class four A, and we will talk a little bit about what to expect from what is usually what is usually one of the most fun classifications in in the state. Four A usually yeah. provides the entertainment. Four A is the sweet spot. It, it's most of. I mean, if you took a poll of the Dave Campbell's editorial staff, I think. 4A would probably win as their favorite classification because it's that sweet spot of. It's still small town football, still mm-hmm. mostly one school towns, still has a small town feel. But the level of talent, I think, really ramps up a notch or two at the 4A level. And the brand of football that you see in class 4A um, is is really, really good in a lot of cases, especially the when you get to state, you know, the 4A mm-hmm. football is really, really good. It's a, it's a lot of good recruits, it's just a lot of high level football. And so it's that sweet spot. So we will get into that coming up here in just a moment. We will start, Matthew, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Oh, oh. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Country Meats. I mean, you know, one of the things that I don't want to tell you that, uh, you know, I don't want to start a, a, an international war here, but uh, I know that there's Country Meats in America, and I don't know if there's Country Meats in Canada, so... Good old USA one. Well, there are country meets in Canada because I brought them from the good old US of A. Shout out to shout our, out to our friends at Country Meets. Shout out to our friends at Country Meets. We all love the game of football, and they're here to make fundraising easy for your team. Head on over to countrymeets.com. Use the discount code STEP10 at checkout to get 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeets.com. Countrymeets.com. They let Matt Step fly Meat Force One up to Canada. I'll say this now. I did not declare my country meats in customs. <laughs> I did not. And here's why. I was afraid mm. that the Canadian Border Patrol would confiscate my country meats for themselves. And I, I couldn't have that. I just couldn't have it. You can't trust the Mounties. Say that. I've been saying it no. for years. No. 
Mm. Especially the maple, the maple bacon flavor, the, the maple barbecue. Uh-uh. They would have, they would have confiscated it, and then I would have been without my country meats. And 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 what? Who would want to live like that? Uh, it is your Texas high school football fun fact of the week, and Matt Step, it's a twofer. What, oh boy! What Texas high school football? Oh, let me start over. What UIL eleven man Texas high school football program without a state title berth? has the most wins and what UIL 11 man Texas high school football program with a state title berth has the most losses. Okay. Okay. Now we're talking about appearances at state. They don't have to have a state championship. Correct. A state state championship championship. appearance, a state championship berth. Wow. Oh, I I dug in this time. I, I you you got you beat this is me good. last time, and I'm not I'm not happy okay. about it. Okay, I'm gonna say the most wins without a state championship appearance. Mm-hmm. Hondo. That's an excellent guess, but Hondo did go to the 1956 Class A state championship. Damn owls! I'll tell you. Dang it! All right. Uh, okay, that was my guess on, on that one. Now, what the next one is um, the most losses. For a team that does have a state championship birth. Okay, okay. Because, for example, I'll, I'll give it to you. The team with the most all-time losses is my grandmother's beloved alma mater, North Dallas. They've got 697 losses all-time. they never played in a state championship game. And they've never played in the state championship game. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um... Hmm. It's got to be someone who either was really bad for a long time and played one recently, or someone who played in one like in the 30s and hasn't played in one since. This is tough. Uh, I'm in my bag, buddy. (laughs) Dallas Sunset is a good guess. However, that is didn't not they true. technically play for a state championship when they were Oak Cliff High School or something? Weird? Uh, in 1942, uh, Sunset's actually played in three state championships, sir. They played in the 2A state okay. championship. They lost to Austin in 1942. They lost to, to San Antonio Jefferson in the city state championship in 1949. Mm-hmm. And they lost to Houston. RIP to the city conference. And and they lost to, and they won the 1950 Houston Reagan uh, over Houston Reagan. Uh, they won the state championship. That was that was uh, the first before South Oak Cliff. Actually, that set, that sunset win over Reagan in 1950 was the last recognized UIL state championship. Because yeah. uh, yeah. the rest of Dallas, Dallas had Dallas had, had plenty of PVIL, but there's not. No, the answer, Matthew, the program without a state championship game berth with the most wins. Is the Cardinals of Harlingen? Who? Oh, it was wins. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, that's I had. I was thinking losses. Okay, well, most I'm losses to, with the I'm, state championship. Really. It's both questions, Matt. I'm answering your first question first. The Harlingen okay. Cardinals. You guessed Hondo, uh, but Hondo and uh, Harlingen actually have the same number of wins at 710. But Hondo's been to a state championship. Harlingen has not. Okay, Harlan. So that, okay. that is the winningest program without a state championship berth. The losingest program with a state championship berth. Matt Step, may I present to you the mighty Eagles of Hillsboro? 
Uh, Hillsborough Hillsborough. has 615 losses. That is eighth all time in Texas high school football history. They've been playing football for a long time in Hill County. That is exactly right because Hillsborough did make it to the 1955 2A state championship where they lost to Stamford 34 to 7. So there you have it. The winningest program to never play for a title is Harlingen. The losingest program to play for a title is Hillsborough. And there's your Harlingen makes a lot of sense because because they've played football for a long time and they're almost always really good. They're always good and they're just in a they're they're in a part of the state that just does not play for state championships. Like yeah. it wouldn't be a surprise if another one was like an El Paso team, right? Like if I were to look at like the the winningest El Paso program. Um I don't know if I can find that. Let me find anyway, I'll have to look that up. But anyway, there's Texas High School football fun fact of the week. I told you I was in my bag. Good one. All you, right. you were in your bag this week, yeah. All right, Matthew, it's time to start our four A preview uh we're going to go smallest to largest as we are so want to do and we will start in 4a division two today matthew where the reigning state champions are a team that um yeah uh i i think that uh we all kind of could have seen it coming and that's the carthage bulldogs uh carthage yes i mean it's death taxes in carthage right you know they romp to scott surratt's ninth state championship um and and we you know I, I will just say that I don't think that we like we all sit here and we marvel at what Carthage has been able to do, but I don't know if we actually take a step back and think about this run of dominance that they have had. They have nine titles since two thousand eight. Yeah, it's and I think we don't we don't because we're in the middle of it, it's still going on. I think whenever this run does end, I think we'll look back on it and really start to go, man, what an unbelievable run they've had. Um, and I, I don't think we, because we're in the midst of it, it you know, I don't yeah. think we've had a chance to really fully, you know, you don't fully appreciate things till they're done. Yeah. And I don't think we're getting, I think because I, I'm not going to break any news here. Carthage is going to be in the mix for a state championship again mm-hmm. this year. So we're we're just in the depths of it right now, but it, it's unbelievable. The, Scott Surratt's got more state championships than playoff losses. He's nine and zero in state title games, mm-hmm. which is just absurd. Um, it the the list of stats goes on and on and on of of the accomplishments that Carthage has. Um, it's it's impressive. And I you know, you know I talked to you know they they did get pushed in the state semifinals last year. Glenn Rose really had them on the ropes. Mm-hmm. And if not for a couple of turnovers that Carthage forced, I think, Glenn, you know, we might've seen a really, really big upset. But it was funny. I talked to Doug Warren, Wimberley head coach about that. Uh, going, you know, at coaching school, we talked about the state championship game last year and he goes, you know, we kind of, you know, I don't think Carthage played very well in that game against Glen Rose last year. And he goes, and we were really worried because we didn't expect them to play poorly in back-to-back weeks. And they, uh, they definitely did not play poorly against Wimberley in the state championship game. Yeah, forty-two uh, nothing skunking. Um, and what's funny? It's so funny that Coach Warren said that because I remember that when we were previewing the game, I remember us talking about. We talked like, about it. What are the chances Carthage plays like lays two eggs in a row, and it's like nil, mm-hmm. like they're just not going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's you know, you, you. I think you credit 
you got to going back and we'll talk, we'll move forward here in a moment, but like you, you credit Glenn Rose because it takes two to tango. You need to catch Carthage on an off day and you have to play really well. And uh, I think what, what the, what the Glenn Rose loss in the semifinal proved to me is just how special the 2021 China spring team was that mm-hmm. they were able to not only catch Carthage on a bad game, there in the regional semifinals, third round, regional semifinals. Mm-hmm. But then they also capitalized and played their game and played it well. And and but that's what it takes at this point. When you, when you want to derail or throw a wrench into the the Carthage machine, that's what you have to do. And by the way, spoiler alert: Carthage is going to be really good again. They start the year number one in our rankings. However, Matthew. I will posit to you that unlike some other past years where I think 2022, I would say 2020 as well, where it looked like Carthage in a runaway. I don't see a runaway in four division two. I think, I think Carthage can be your pick. And I think that arguably they're the safe pick, but I don't see a runaway in four division two. I think there's a healthy group of challengers. I think part of it is, is I think Carthage has some questions. Uh, primarily on the defensive side of the ball, and you know that quarterback. Now we know who the quarterback's going to be. It's Jet Surratt, and we have a feeling he's going to be really good, but he is still a sophomore. So you have to take that into account. I, I think he's going to have to replace some some skill guys at receiver. Carthage's running game should be as good as any in the state with with Dowden and Edwards returning. Um, to lead the way, but defensively, Carthage has questions as well. I think Carthage is going to have to replace some guys off a really good defense. They're going to be talented, but again, they're going to be young. So, so there are some questions there, and I think also for a Division Two, some of the contenders in for a Division Two, especially in Region Three, mm-hmm. uh, look to be improved. So, I, I think you've got the gap kind of closing on, on both sides there. Okay, so let's let's go region by region. Let's start with region numero uno. Uh, region one uh, was the one by Glen Rose, the aforementioned Glen Rose last year, and and you know, we've gone on. Fashion. Yes, and we've gone on and on. I hope that our praise of Glen Rose and that 2022 Glen Rose team is coming through because what 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 Coach Watkins put together there at at Glen Rose last year was special, special, special. And I hope that what people hear uh, when people hear me say the next thing that they don't forget that I said the first thing because Glen Rose has some big, big, big questions this year, and I think it makes Region One a real. I think, I don't know. I think it's a real street fight in region one. It's a big question mark. It's going to be, it's going to be wide open. There's several teams who I think, think they can make a run because Glenn Rose graduated. So like Glenn Rose lost 16 starters from last year's team, nine on the offensive side of the ball. That offense last year was really, really, really smoking. They, they did a great job and, and they, they graduated heavy. Now they do have a couple of real playmakers there on the defensive side of the ball in the Redmond brothers. Mm-hmm. Who will kind of be the the catalyst on, on a defense that brings four back, which four is not a lot, but it's no. better than two. Uh, so so they're gonna they're gonna have to find some some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They're gonna have to replace some guys in the secondary. A lot of questions for Glen Rose. So when you look at the rest of the race, you know, let's start with Monahans, who is the team that played Glen Rose last year in the regional final. They got blown out, but Monahans brings back that guy. Mm-hmm. And Chino Navarrete, the quarterback for the for the Lobos, 
who put up a monster, monster season last year. Um, I want to say he was an all-state quarterback. Uh, you know, he he's more of a runner than a thrower. He ran for 34 touchdowns, threw for nine. But he's he's that dual threat guy, but he's the kind of guy who can take Monahan's and put them on his back like he did last year. Really like what Monahan's come has has as far as around Navarrete. They've got enough guys to where where Chino can kind of lead them um because they've got that guy back. What what it's funny that you mentioned Monahan's because I do think that because like if, I think if people look at our look at our, our rankings, right? Our computer rankings are gonna have Monahan's twenty-sixth in the state. Okay. They're gonna have them sixth in the region. And yet I also think you're right. I think they're in the mix because there are questions for every one of these teams ahead of them. Like Region one does feel so wide open. We talked about Glen Rose. They got to replace the entire offensive line. They got to replace Hudson White. They got to replace a ton, right? The most, the the fastest team in this region, and not by a small margin, is going to be Wichita Falls Hershey. Wichita Falls Hershey is a fascinating team because for a couple of reasons. One of them is that they do lose a lot of their their the the star power from this team. Marion Pierce. Yeah, was a, they had a. They had a running back go to USC and a receiver go to SMU. Like they lost some big time talent. And and by the way, I thought their quarterback, Causey Terry Causey, I would think it was, he was yeah. a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and he really made them go. So they have a lot of questions. That's not even to mention the fact that this is the last year of existence for Hershey High School. <laughs> yeah. So there's no telling how that it could go one of two ways, right? They could rally. And and be this kind of be this fun story, or they could be like, ah, we're going to be closed next year. What's the point? Right. So they're, they're, there's kind of a weird dichotomy there with Hershey. They bring back a lot on defense, eight starters on defense. I've got some questions about Hershey because I thought last year, um, new coaching staff, a lot of turnover. They've had more staff turnover this year. How how this, they're organized they're going to be and, and how ready to play they're going to be because there's a lot going on there at Hershey. They, I thought they underachieved last year, personally. Uh, another team that's going to be in that mix is Godley. Godley is – look, here's a hot take about Godley. They're going to be able to run the stinking ball, okay? Landon Thigpen's back. He was a 3,000-yard rusher last year. And all five offensive linemen are back. Now and they got hot late. They went five and five last year. But their offense got hooking late oh, yeah. in the year. They got they went all the way to the regional semifinals, and I think Monahan's beat them. But it was like it was a high scoring shootout, yeah. close game. The question for them is on the defensive side, and just consistency. Plus, like those six players that I mentioned, the five offensive linemen and Thickpin. That's literally the entire offensive returning starters they have. Yeah. So what's going to happen is God is going to see a lot of nine man boxes. There, there, okay. there. People are going to say somebody else other than Landon Thigpen is going to have to beat us this year mm-hmm. because we're going to we're going to load the box up and say we're going to dare you to run the football. Graham, I think is always in the mix. I like what they have offensively. Uh, they they have. I think they started twelve juniors last year. They do have to replace a lot of their offensive line. Um, and they're you know, and they're gonna have to go through Hershey as well. They're 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 interesting. I think they take a step forward, and is that step forward enough? But the team that I have circled, and I, I think you know where I'm going with this. The mm-hmm. team that I have circled is the team that maybe burst onto everyone's uh, radar last year because they literally burst onto the the varsity scene, and that's the Wolves of Canyon West Plains. I they went seven and five last year. 
And I am inclined to think that's the tip of the iceberg. I think I think Absolutely. they can I think they can win the region. Yeah, well, I I agree with you. This is a team that that brings back nine starters on both sides of the ball. They they played a ton of freshmen and sophomores last year. Mm-hmm. They're going to be deeper this year. They're going to be stronger, faster, more experienced. They they're pulling a lot. Of, they're getting this is this is a fast growth area of Amarillo. So they're getting a lot of people that are coming in from Amarillo High. Canyon Randall coming over. That's kind of where they're mainly pulling a lot of their kids from. This is a team that's exciting. This is a team that's well coached. Adam Cummings does a great job. I mean, no one expected them. Talking to our friends in Amarillo last year preseason, the the over under they were setting on wins was like two. They were like, we'll be surprised if they win two games last year. And they haul off and go seven and five and, and they win, win a playoff, a playoff game. game. This is a team that, in my opinion, the arrow is pointed way up. And I think they're going to be a real problem here in Region 1. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, so Region 1, again, it's just going to be a lot of fun because it's Let's wide. Say the quarterback, Reed Macon, yeah. West Plains, quarterback Reed Macon, starts 12 games for them as a freshman. You don't think he's going to be a lot better this yeah. year? He threw 19 touchdowns as a freshman. He's yeah. a kid that's going to be really, really good. Like, like That's just the kind of upside we're seeing with, with West Plains. They played guys who were freshmen last year. Those yeah. guys are going to be very experienced this year. Region Region One is going to be a lot of fun, and if you're looking for an unpredictable region, it's probably there. If you're looking for the fireworks factory, it's in region. It's in the the next two regions, I'd say. Uh, but we'll start with region two for sure. Uh, this is where Carthage lived lives. Rather, we talk all mm-hmm. about. We talked a lot about about what Carthage brings back. They are going to get pushed within their own district, and they are going to get pushed, in my opinion, in every round of the playoffs maybe except the first because region two has got at least three and arguably five bona fide problems for them in region two because i i I think the east texas kind of north texas corridor here is ripe this year and and i think that they're there are teams that have been waiting for this particular class to get here, and and especially one of them in Pleasant Grove. They feel like this is their year, and they have every reason to believe it is. Yeah, we started Pleasant Grove, and, and what Josh Gibson welcomes back from a regional finalist last year that went eleven and three. Seventeen mm-hmm. starters back. They bring back twenty three Letterman, and their frontline talent, in, in my opinion, is as good or better than Carthage. I think one through one to ten. Yes. Pleasant Grove might have an edge over Carthage. And the question for Pleasant Grove is going to be depth. Players 10 through about 35, where, where does that, that line up? And how does that stack up against the better teams in this region? That's that's the question mark with Pleasant Grove. And 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 you look, Pleasant Grove has been a problem for Carthage. Or I'm sorry, Carthage has been a problem for Pleasant Grove, like since basically since time immemorial, since Carthage dropped mm-hmm. back down to four division two. <sighs> We are really uh, like this is the moment here for Pleasant Grove. If it does not yeah, happen, it, yeah, this year with this senior class going up against this Carthage team, which does have some pieces to replace, then it may not happen while they're still, still in the same region. Agree, agree. This, this is this is it lines up for Pleasant Grove to get it done this year. If they're not going to get it done this year, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if they ever will. So um, they're loaded. Look at the Pleasant Grove's own district. I think Gilmer is mm-hmm. Gilmer still has to be. A, you know, Gilmer actually won. The thing about seven four a that's interesting is when you come to playoff time, 
if you if you win the district, you see Carthage around earlier. So Gilmer was undefeated, won the district last year, and had to play Carthage in the third round of the playoffs, a game I believe you called. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Pleasant Grove saw Carthage in the fourth round of the playoffs. So I'm not saying some there's some gamesmanship there, and there's you know the bracket probably sets up better for the runner up in this district. So that's interesting. Gilmer loses a lot. They they, they lost their quarterback. Um, who uh, I believe signed with UTSA, if memory mm-hmm. serves me correctly. Right. Um, but his little brother is I think, uh, uh, Tennyson. So Brandon Tennyson yeah. graduated. Caden Tennyson, the sophomore, takes over at Gilmer. Um, they've got some guys to replace, but Gilmer's always talented. They're always in the mix. Uh, but right now, I would give Pleasant Grove because of the experience, the edge, and the district. Uh, but Gilmer, later in the year, could be a team that that's that that peaks late. Let me correct something. Brandon Tennyson was the senior quarterback in 2021. Caden Tennyson, his brother, was the sophomore starter last year. So he is back. Caden okay. Tennyson. Okay. Yeah, we did. Okay. It, 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 it's a million Tennyson quarterback, and they're all good. It seems like there. it's been a Tennyson at Gilmer for 10 years yeah. now. Yeah. So, um, uh, but this is, this is a, you're right. This is a, a Carthage team that I do think is going to be able to run the ball with Will Henderson and, and Aaron Bell. I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit. They'll need to be balanced in order to get through this kind of rough and tumble region. I am also intrigued by Aubrey. Now, Aubrey was a was a good story last year. They do graduate heavy, but I think that some of the players that they have coming back, and especially I think they're going to be able to line up in the trenches, that is going to be critical. Match up in the trenches and then hopefully get one or two of your skill position guys to emerge that can match up with the big boys here in in, in, in East Texas. Um, that to me is 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 the way to go. But but you know, I center is kind Aubrey's of that fast well. growth yeah. kind of North mm-hmm. Denton that, that you, they could have three or four move ins, you know, because yeah. of, of the growth and, and that where they're located. It's a fast growth area. They they could, you know, they're always gonna be in the mix because of because of that. Uh, center is going to score. That is not a. That is not a an opinion. That's a, that's a that's a that's a uh, that's a spoiler. Center is going to score. Yeah. They've got they've got playmakers. Their offense comes back. Caden Dixon, and Caden Dixon, their running back is a stud. Cash Cross, their their quarterback, I thought was way underrated last year, and I think he's ready for his close up. He's a good looking kid too. Six four, two hundred. I mean, he's a good looking kid. Caden um, Dixon's a six two one ninety running back. You know, I, mean, you know, I think he's yeah. got a future as a safety at the next level. See, Henderson has a thirty a two thousand yard back with thirty three touchdowns, and they have a two thousand yard passer with thirty touchdowns passing. Like Jeez. center is going to score points. The question for center is going to be their defense, which wasn't good last year, and only brings back three starters. Yes, they 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 are going to need to reload. Um, I could be. I could be talked in, in in a different is the in a different region. I could be talked into um, Caddo Mills, but they have they mm-hmm. they like I just lo- think losing like they're going to be have a new quarterback um, like this year. He was like he's or they're they're moving Alfonso Gonzalez from running back to quarterback. Um, I don't know. I just I, I have too many questions about Caddo Mills offensively to especially yeah, in the offensive region. line, especially. If they if they're in region one, they'd fit right in as far as like teams that I have questions about. But like unfortunately mm-hmm. they they're in the same same region as Carthage, Gilmer, and, and, and Pleasant Grove. So um okay. A couple other teams that I like that that are kind of under the radar. I like Gainesville. They kind of broke had a breakout year last year, got to the second round. They bring back 17 starters. I like Gainesville. I think they're, they're you know, they're a solid team, a sleeper kind of team. And I think Russ, with the addition of the transfer quarterback from Anahuac and from the Barrier Kid, 
uh, Rusk could be could be you know a team to keep an eye on as well. Just kind of as a sleeper under the radar type team. I'm glad you said that. Let me just throw this out there. Carthage's district one through six. All due respect to our friends in Brownsboro, I do think Brownsville will be a little bit better. But like one through six. Man, I'll tell you that like Car- Carthage is going to win the district. I'm not here telling you otherwise. But Center, Van, Rust, Bullard, and and Canton, those are all fun, high variance teams. That yeah, I think solid. the it's ceiling a solid is, is district. Yeah. yeah, it's a competitive. And even Brownsboro's got a the Jaquel, uh, Jaquel Baker kid committed mm-hmm. to TCU. Yeah. Like Brownsboro's even got playmakers as well. So that's, that's a fun district week in and week out to keep an eye on. Most certainly. Over to Region 3, and if that's not enough fireworks for you, then allow me to present to you Region 3, which makes up six of the top 11 in our in our preseason rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, this is... This is one of those things that it's like... It's kind of, in my opinion, the opposite of Region 1 in the sense that it is wide open, but not because there's so many unknown unknowns. It's wide open because you've got at least six teams that are all not just regional championship worthy, but arguably state championship worthy. It's a shocking region. It's loaded. And it starts with the mo- one of the most loaded districts in the state of Texas, 9-4-A Division oh. II. 9-4-A Division II, I believe, has three top what? 11 teams. Ham- Hampshire Finette is top number 11. Three top 11 teams. They have four top Right 20. there in nine. Yeah. West Orange Stark, who is one of the most named programs in Texas, is universally finished fourth. And I'll tell you, you know, poor Hudson Standish and his Liberty Panthers. Oh, you man. put Liberty in, in, in most other districts in Texas, and they're at worst second or third in the district. Yeah. And yet in this district... Liberty's a unanimous number five pick, so that, that just shows you how good the, this this district is. It, it's it's you know, and for Liberty, it's going to be you know, modern problems require modern solutions, and they're going to have to figure out a way to try to beat one of these top four teams. Well, the the top team, pretty universally, at least right now where we sit, is Silsby, and yeah, it, it is easy to get excited about one player in Draylen Miller, and I want to be very clear to you. Draylon Miller is that guy. He's him. Okay, he's yeah. that dude. And right yeah. now, Draylon Hiller. Draylon Hiller. I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a fun name for him, but he's um, he's 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 that guy. He's he's him. He is he's worth the price of admission, and he is arguably the preseason favorite to win Mister Texas football. But he's huh? not alone. This team is deep. This team is balanced. This team is battle-tested. This team is arguably ready to win a state championship. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they had Cuero on the ropes last year in the regional final. Things they lost in double overtime. Talking to uh, Coach Randy Smith, the real big thing he's excited about is they bring back all five starters in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They're going to be good in the trenches this year, which has been some, some years question mark for Silsby. It's not a question mark this year. They're loaded. They're going to break in a new quarterback, but I think they feel really good about their quarterback situation. This is a team that's deep. This is a team that's experienced, and this is a team that's ready to take that next step. Now, I'll put it to you this way. Let's, let's for the sake of argument, install Silsby as the favorite in District 9. Mm-hmm. Who's your second-place team in that district? 
<laughs> it's a tough, tough question. Yeah, I, I'm, I lean to Jasper, who was the second place team last year. Um, I, I lean to Jasper, but but not by much. I mean that the gap between Silsby, Jasper, and Hampshire Finette last year was pretty. Those 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 games between those three were all real tight. I think they're going to be real tight again this year, but I, I would give Jasper the slight edge as for the number two. Uh, uh, I I I agree with you. Second year in coach under Kendrick Cromedy, I think you're already seeing the Kendrick Cromedy effect. Like I think I think it is palpable and tangible that the program feels different. They feel like they're getting back to Jasper football, which is just uh, knocking your teeth through the back of your head. They bring back every one of their defensive starters. And mm-hmm. I think it's seven or eight offensively, eight offensively. Eight, I mean, eight offensively. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. loaded. That's to say nothing about Hampshire Finette, by the way, who is a team that made it to the regional semifinals last year. It felt like a huge step in the right direction for this program. And they are, you know, I think that they, beyond that, like they bring back 14 starters and they're going to fill in gaps with an undefeated JV team. Hampshire mm-hmm. finesse the real stinking deal too, and another team that in a different region we'd be talking about as like a runaway favorite. Yeah, so I talked to Coach Crumity about Hampshire Fournette. He told me that Hampshire Fournette's JV JV squad last year was one of the best JV teams he'd ever seen. This is a guy who's been at Manville. Yeah, he so Hampshire Fournette's going to fill in some talent. I know it's, you know it's JV, blah blah blah. Still, those are young guys who are going to step in and be ready to play. With a team that already brings back seven starters on both sides of the ball, Hampshire for that's going to be a problem, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if nine four a in how good Region Three is mm-hmm. has three of the four regional semifinals. Mm-hmm. I think all three of these teams are capable of making the regional semifinals. So the other the, the uh, and then you move into the non District Nine category, and you have got playmakers. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Well, you do have playmakers, but you also have contenders in each of the other districts here too. You've got Quero. Um, I last year's regional champion. Yeah, just the team that that played in the state semifinal, and by the way, took Wimberley to the wire, came within mm-hmm. a whisker of playing for a state championship themselves. Now they have some reloading to do. Uh, they've got to replace three offensive linemen. They've got to replace an all-state linebacker. They've got to replace all three of their running backs. But mm-hmm. Quero reloads. They are a program that is is going to have dudes. Back in the mix, and 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 you count them out at your own peril. Well, they've got two building blocks. They bring back Mason Nataro mm-hmm. at quarterback, and they bring back a Patek kid who was an all-state mm-hmm. linebacker. I think Patek had 221 tackles last year, something crazy. So between those two guys, you've got some building blocks to build around them. But I do think Quero, they're going to be a little bit young. Most years, I would still install instill them as a regional favorite, but because of how good Region Three is. I think right now you have to put Quero a little bit back behind some of the top teams just because they've got a lot. They got more question marks. Uh, but you've got Belleville. Belleville was a team that I think last year was again kind of a hop and a uh, like they 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 feel like they they stumbled uh, in that area around. Remember they lost to Madisonville nine to three. Yeah, um, they kind of, yeah Madisonville did a great job defensively on them. And this, I don't know if the weather had. Remember that area around was like it was. Crazy cold yeah. on that Friday night. I just don't. But Belleville runs the slot T. You would think that offense would be conducive to mm-hmm. playing those weather conditions. So credit to Madisonville. I mean, they 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 got it done. But they've got. But I'll tell you, Belleville brings back uh, five stars on each side of the ball, including they get Sam Renicki back uh, from uh, from injury. Uh, at the he's kind of their bell cow running back, 
and mm-hmm. they have one of the most like ferocious defenders into in foray in in DJ Sanders, their defensive lineman who's a junior who's already got like twelve power five offers or something. He's a monster. It's six three three oh five. Yes, he is. And, and there's just not a whole lot you can do with that at the at the four A division two level. So no, he's, a, he's a mountain in the middle of the defense. Yeah, and yeah. then there's Waco Connolly, and. And and what's so interesting about this Connolly team is that I thought we were supposed to be done with them. Like I thought the last year was supposed to be like the year for the cadets. And you look at what they like the guys that they graduated, you would think, oh yeah, like a four A division two program, losing guys like Jelani McDonald and losing guys like Caden Turner, they should be done. Oh wait, no. They've still got Kobe Black. They've still got Kiefer Sibley. They've still got all these dudes like they're going to be so explosive offensively. And I don't know, like mm-hmm. Conley's right there in that mix. There's talent. Their frontline talent is as talented as anyone. They're, they're probably their top five players are, are right up there with anyone in the state. It's the, you know, Conley, the issues are depth and how, how they handle adversity and how they handle playing teams who can challenge them. When they get up against teams, they just can't out talent. It tends to go South for Conley. That's been the knock on them. And it's, it's kind of played out. Uh, over the years in, in in the postseason, last year they they lost to Hampshire Fournette the second round of the playoffs, and and so that's that's kind of where you know Hampshire Fournette's talented enough where Conley's not going to blow him off the field. So that's where where that issue comes through. But Kiefer Kiefer Sibley, Kobe Black's a five star player. Yeah, you know they got they've got five and and they did that last year losing Trey Wisner to Desoto, the, the running back who committed to Texas. So they were still able to be very productive and very very stout, but. Can Connolly get it done against teams who who won't just get run off the field by their talent? Over to Region Four, and in Region Four of Four A Division Two, uh, this is probably the region where uh, is probably closer to Region One than it is to Region Two or Three. Um, you have a, a state finalist here in Wimberley, um, and Wimberley is going to have a lot of important pieces back. Like, there's a lot of reason to just like pencil Wimberley back in. Uh, they bring back Cody Stover, who I thought was a revelation for them as a sophomore at the quarterback spot. He was so good uh, last well, year. Oh yeah, when Cash McCollum transferred to China oh. Spring, everybody was like, "Oh, Wimberley's going to be, you know, they're they're just they're going to be fine. They're they're still." Doug yeah. Warren always has Wimberley in the mix. The thing about Region Four that's interesting is all the powers in thir- District Thirteen. Mm-hmm. The four semifinalists in this region all came from District Thirteen. So you start in this district and it starts with Wimberley. You know, they, they've got, until proven otherwise, they're, they're the team to beat. But I do think a team like Navarro, this could be a year where Navarro, they bring enough back that they're familiar with Wimberley. Is this the year Navarro jumps up and, and knocks Wimberley off their perch? Um, the other the other teams in that re, in that district, you mentioned Navarro. Lago Vista was a 10-win team from a year ago, made it to a regional final. They were in the mix. And then, and then the real surprise last year was Gerald. Um, who kind of I think everybody forgot they made it to the regional semifinals uh, at getting into the playoffs at four and six fourth place team making it to the to to the four, third round. Um, I do think there are some non district thirteen contenders here. Most notably, I am pretty close to all in on Senton. Um, I really like what they're going to have offensively. This Pirates oh, yeah. team has has got. Plenty to like offensively with Jacoby Jones, Caleb Hesseltine, Hesseltine rather, Nick Flores. Um, they're kind of Derek Garcia, their running back, I thought was was what kind of emerged last year, but they've just got to find a quarterback. 
if they find a quarterback, they're in. If they don't, then they did kind of fall back to the pack. I, I think talking to Coach Troutman, I think they they're, the Hanson kid is probably going to be the guy who gets the first look at quarterback. You know, Sinton's got questions on defense, but Mike Troutman teams usually play solid defense. So I think Sinton, I agree. I agree with you 100%. If there's a team outside of District 13 that can get it done, it's Sinton because Sinton is a, this is a very talented crew that, that the Pirates have. Uh, and then I will, uh, I will finish up our conversation about Region 5 by talk, or Region 5, Region 4 rather. Region 5. Oh, that's a breaking news. Uh, yeah, breaking news. Yeah, that's a new thing. Um, by talking about the team that is incapable of playing a, a, a normal first round matchup, um, and that would be Divine. Um, Divine, you may remember, was the team that um, I believe were they the team that in twenty. So last year they were they were a district champion and got the and and lost in the first round to Gerald. I want to say that hap- I want to say that that happened to them. God, a few years ago too, where they were, they they kind of returned that favor. I think it was to Lytle two years in a row, like 2014 and 2015. They were a fourth place team and beat them. Am I am I making that up? They were involved in some kind of crazy, crazy upset where either they. I'm, I'm looking it up now. The live coverage of me looking this up, but I want to say Divine was uh, in 2020. Maybe they were they were. They lost to Raymondville 48-47 in the first round of, of, in, in, in 2020. There was, Maybe that's what I'm thinking. There was a two – they were involved in a two – I think somebody was two and eight and beat them in the first round yeah. of the playoffs. Maybe that's what it was. They were involved in something weird. There, if you, But if you look at them, like on paper, there's a lot to like. Like Ethan Santos is back. Uh, he was there at the, uh, the, the district MVP last year. Uh, they got – they have two – they have two 1,000-yard rushers coming back in him and Gabriel Escobel, uh, plus a quarterback in Samuel Guardiola. But, like, what happens when they get to the playoffs and they kind of run into a team from, you know, because they are District they're just 14, so they're going to play a team from District 14. 13. And so... They haven't been out of the first round of the playoffs since 2015. 2015 was the last time they won a first-round playoff game. So it's they're they're interesting, but but region four does feel a little bit maybe a little bit more wide open, but it is a it's the power nexus is certainly in district 13. All right, let's go back up to the top and zoom out. And Matthew, let's get your regional picks in each of the four regions plus your state championship pick. Uh region one, give me Canyon West Plains. Region two, give me Carthage. Region three, give me Silsby. Region four, give me Wimberley. And in the state championship, give me Carthage over Silsby. Scott Surratt goes to 10-0 and in state championship games. Region 1, I am toying with West Plains, but I am going to go with... I'm going to go with Wichita Falls Hershey in their final year. I like Wichita Falls Hershey okay. to win Region 1. I like Carthage in Region 2, although if they're going to get got, it may be this year. But I am going to go with Carthage. Region three. I'm going to go with Silsby, but the team I was, I'm a, I'm a whisker away from taking is Jasper. Um, I think Jasper can do it, but I, I think right now I'm going with, I'm going with Silsby. Um, Yeah. I'm going to go with Silsby and then region four. 
Region four, I'll stick with Wimberley. Don't overthink it. State finals with their quarterback back. Don't overthink it. Uh, I'm going to go with Wimberley. And in the state championship game, I've got the same thing as you. I've got Carthage over Silsby. Uh, I'm not picking against Scott Surratt late in the playoffs. The later it gets in the playoffs, if they're going to lose, they have to lose yeah. like before the third round. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, I'm not going to pick against them. So it's the only time it, was it Liberty? The one time Liberty Hill beat them in the state semis, I think was the semifinal. Yeah. Yeah. Like a driving rainstorm or something like that, too, or windy, something yeah, that was crazy, crazy weather. And a slot T, slot T is the devil. Mm-hmm. Slot T is the devil. Uh, so there is 4A Division Two. Over to 4A Division One, Matthew, as we continue this punishingly long 4A preview here on Tep and Step. Um, 4A Division One. Matt Step, do you remember who won the 4A Division One state championship last year? China Spring. China Spring. Now, now okay, I'm going to tell you the result and then I'm going to tell you the process. The result. In our in our rankings is we have China Spring number one, China Spring the number one team in four division one. I will tell you that the first draft of our rankings did not have China Spring number one. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. w- because the numbers would tell you that China Spring mm, maybe taking a step back. Okay, um, got questions. The, de- the defense question is going to be real young, real real young. And offensively, they're going to be real young, except at one position, one very important position, one very important position. Um, There are a lot of questions here for China Spring. I think they do graduate a pretty remarkable senior class, like obviously back to back state championships. Duh, it's a remarkable senior class. But Tristan X line, uh, Trey Hafford, uh, some of those guys. And let's not forget the most important player on that team, Thomas Barr. (laughs) Oh yeah, the, the kicker. I mean, I, I'm I'm automatic. only kind of jo- I'm only automatic. kind of joking, but like he was such a weapon for them. Um, so there are reasons to believe that China Spring should not be number one. And to be clear, their our first pass at the rankings, they were not number one. But we moved them back up to number one after a, a lengthy discussion because when you take a look at at this, like we said with Wimberley, don't overthink it. It's a two time defending champ. And they've got the quarterback back because Cash McCollum, he's he's that guy. He's that guy. He is. UNC commit. Yeah. Where's, where's Ashley Pickle with the car? I know. I'm looking for UNC it. commit. Yeah. yeah. She is. She's uh, he's he's a stud. Kyle Barton's back as well. Um, and and they are going to. I also think that that culture is one uh, there that they've they've built. Uh, you know, obviously under coach uh, under coach Bella now under coach Beatty uh, that they are going to be able to replace and replenish the playmakers they've got. I will tell you the first pass of the teams that we have. Oh, our first pass of the rankings had the team that they beat in the state championship game as the number one team, and that's the Bernie Greyhounds, and. I think if you're a Greyhounds fan, I think you're within your rights to believe that this should be the year because a lot of the things that you want to see line up for you. I think you have a winnable region. I think you've got a couple of big-time stars back like McCoy Bruce, like TJ DeMent, uh, Jackson Bays, the quarterback, um, uh, Hudson Hendricks. You've got playmakers back. There are concerns for them. And, and they're going to be good on the offensive line, but there are concerns for them. And I don't know, like like for Bernie, I think they have every reason to believe that they should be playing for a state championship and winning it this year. Yeah, I think Bernie's Bernie's big question marks that defensive line, which was so good last year, which I saw 
absolutely dismantle Chapel Hill in the state semifinals was decimated by by, by graduation. They they lose the house and the defensive line. That's really what made them a special unit last year. That's that's the big question mark that's got to be answered with Bernie. I think they're still the favorite in Region Four, but that's yep. And we'll talk about that potential path later on. But I think Bernie, there's there's questions with Bernie and China Spring, which is interesting. But on paper, and I, I may steal your thunder here. On paper, Chapel Hill probably mm-hmm. has the most back and is the team that the computers like a lot. The problem is the last time we saw Chapel Hill, they were getting run off the Alamo Dome field against Bernie, losing thirty-eight nothing. That 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 memory still sticks in my head. Yeah, um, on paper, Chapel Hill's your team. Like I think that mm-hmm. again, I just think that when you take a look at what they've got coming back, the speed they're going to have, the playmakers they've got, the experience they're going to have, this is a team that I think again they are with you are within your rights to install. Chapel Hill as the number one team in 4A Division One. Demetrius Brisbane, Ricky Stewart, Day-Day Ross, uh, Kendall Allen, Javen Mayfield. They're loaded. Um, they're loaded. Loaded. But you're right. You you got to do it at some point. And, mm-hmm. and plain and simple, we've been having this conversation about Chapel Hill the last two years. Yeah. And the last two years, it's gotten to nut-cutting time, quite frankly. And they haven't, and they haven't had the goods. Plain and yeah. simple. And I'm not trying to be. I'm not Jeff trying to be rude. I'm trying to be. Too. I'm trying to be honest. Yeah. And you talked to head coach Jeff Rudin. He's like, we got to get it done this year. He's like, we we've, yep. we've been knocked. We've knocked on the door the last two years. There's no excuses anymore. We we've got to get over that hump. And if they're going to get it done, it's it's going to it's got to be this year because it lines up. They've got all the pieces mm-hmm. in place to get it done. It really does. Let's go region by region. Let's start in region one, which is the one region we haven't talked about yet, and also mm-hmm. the region. That are you willing to say has the most clear favorite in a region? Maybe with the exception of Bernie in Region Four. Yeah, it's it's Decatur. They were they were a lot in a lot of ways a year early last year. Steve mm-hmm. Huff's first year, new system. They they come in and they start a little slow. They they didn't get off to a rip roar and start, but they got hot. Hot late, they finish eleven and four, gets to the state semifinals, and push China Spring in the state semifinals. Um, they've got that guy in Nate Palmer, the running back, the TCU he's commit, so good. makes them go. He's 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 outstanding. You know, they got to replace a quarterback. Preston Escobar graduated. Mm-hmm. They're going to move their best receiver, Landon Feltz, to quarterback. Think they'll be fine there. But Decatur's got all the goods and the makings of, of the clear favorite in Region One because there's. A, the other potential contenders all have a lot of question marks. Yes. Uh, so one of those potential contenders is Brownwood. Brownwood is a team who I think that their defense is going to be potentially really good. They bring back nine uh-huh. starters defensively, and and there's a lot to like about Sammy Burnett's squad defensively. But then you look on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Where they it's were. It's call, and it's a bunch of new, new guys. It is. It is I call, who's a stud. He's a stud. But it's all literally ten other starters they have to replace. They were yeah, last year like though I remember I remember this conversation we were having about Brownwood last year. They felt like twenty twenty two was really their year because they were so mm-hmm. senior heavy. That's great until you don't get it done, and then it's the next year. Um, yeah, and then there's a team which was again you want to talk about getting hot late. Uh, dub the Coyote and Wichita Falls. Mm-hmm. 
another program in their last year of existence, Old High, mm-hmm. is shutting down after this year. Um, and I think their offense is going to be fun. It's going to be fun as hell. I think Eric Powell, I think Keandre Fleeks, uh, they've got a number of youngsters they really like in this on this team. But their defense, which was in many ways, and especially in the playoffs, their calling card, they are starting over almost a couple. They got a couple guys back, but they're almost starting over. Yeah, I'm a little more confident in Wichita Falls than Hershey because Wichita Falls under Grant Freeman has had a history of overachieving and and playing above their paper. Mm -hmm. So I I feel a little more confident Wichita Falls is still going to have a good year this year. But there's the defense is going to have to going to have to mature if they're going to contend with with a team like Decatur uh, for the region regional final. Uh, I think a team like Lubbock Estacado could really be a team to watch out for. Uh, I'm I'm real big on teams in their in second year under second year head coaches taking a big leap forward. Will Blaylock's in his second year there at Estacado. Estacado brings back 16 starters. I think they're a team that could really make a leap forward, especially when it's kind of wide open uh, in Region One. Other than Decatur, there, there's a lot. There's a lot there that that that's up for grabs, and I think Estacado could mature and really snatch that deep playoff run. Last year, the team that we were all we were uh, banging the drum for, and we were we 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 wanted to to scream from the mountaintops how much we loved uh, the El Paso Riverside Rangers. Um, uh, the the only pro like I I still like them. Uh, I like them this year. I think they've. I think they're going to be good at like a lot of the nuts and bolts things. But they lose Speedy Munoz and mm-hmm. and Adrian Estrada and some of the other guys they had, Jose Gordado, who are so important. I just. I don't know. I wish I could say I see it, but I, I'm not sure I see it as far as a, a regional contender is concerned. Last year for them losing in the first round was a was a disappointment. You know, you look in the Panhandle. You know, Canyon Randall had such a good year last year, but Canyon Randall has a new coach and graduated the house. They've got some. They've got a lot of question marks. Dude, district, I mean, district Dumas. three, district three is, is a, full is of, a, it's a just, just put a big question mark over the. It's whole a mystery box. Not man. a lot. Yeah. It it, it region district yeah. three is 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 a is a mystery box and like so much so that if you want to be like hey by the way Pampa is going to up and like win the re, win the district I'd be like yeah okay like I can see it like yeah. there's just there's there's th- there's a bunch of mysteries in district three between mm-hmm. Randall. Canyon and Dumas that like you yeah. don't you don't know what you're getting. I don't have a feel for that district at all. No. Over to Region Two now. Region Two is where China Spring lives. Um, region Two is also where uh, one of the deepest and most dangerous, or at least most um, a name brand districts is concerned. In is is District Five, uh, China Spring, Stephenville, La Vega. And heck, Alvarado had a nice little year last year too. Um, dis- I don't think Alvarado five- is. Go ahead, sorry. I, I think district- Alvarado. If you're looking for a sleeper, oh, we're on, we're on a delay. That's international delay. Yeah, Alvarado. If you're looking for like a deep sleeper team, keep an eye on Alvarado. This is a team that beat Stephenville last year. Mm-hmm. They bring back a lot of guys. Second year head coach Casey Wallraven. They got a big time transfer in from Burleson Centennial. Their stud linebacker is now at Alvarado. Lots to like about Alvarado. Um, I will say this about, and uh, here's the other reason why I, I think I, your Alvarado points well taken. I think those those three name brandy teams, right, China Springs, Stephenville, and La Vega. There is reason to believe, maybe with the exception of La Vega, who I think had a disappointing year last year. There's reason to believe that all three of them could take a modest step back. 
and 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 yeah, kind of fall th- back. I think there's a case to be made for that. Yeah, I, I think there's absolutely a case. And Alvarado, the arrows pointed up. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a fun district. I know we're going to go watch China Spring and Stephenville on a Thursday night later later in the year. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. Five four A is going to be fun. Fun once again. Stephenville, the the thing about Stephenville, and, and and I'm sure Stephenville fans hate me banging this drum again because I'm bringing it back from 2022. My whole bit with them was that like they just couldn't stop anybody, and I felt like eventually it was going to bite them in the it was going to bite them in the rear end. And sure enough, it did. Now that defense is now going to be called on to be the leader here because they do graduate heavy. Ryder Lambert's gone. Um, uh, they they lose their center Mason Butchie, who is so important to what they do. They do bring back Tate Maruska. Who is a stud, but they got to find a quarterback. Uh, they, they feel like they like Ryan Gafford, who is the guy who kind of stepped in at times when Ryder Lambert was 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 nicked up. Um, but the defense has got to take a step forward this year. It was it was it kind of became a bit of a punching bag last year. They've got to be they've got to be more defense first this year if they're gonna if they're gonna contend yeah. in this region. Yeah, you can't give up 60, 50 points no. three four times and, and expect to that to not bite you eventually. So. I think they'll be better defensively. I think the question is going to be on the offensive side of the ball, um, just fill in some gaps, especially on the offensive line. They, they have Chris Brister, who's a TCU commit, but they've got a lot of other holes to replace in the offensive line. Uh, and then from like the big country to kind of North Texas, where there's a trio of teams that I feel like I feel like they are kind of a Rorschach test for how you view this entire region is how you stack up Salina, Anna, and Kennedale, who are all teams that have plenty of reason to get on board with them and also reasons to like be warned away from them. Um, you know, Salina was a team that last year, uh, you know, a district champion 11 and two, but they got beat by Anna twice. They were 11 and zero against teams not named Anna. Yeah, Absolutely. They, were, they were 11 and oh. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a, and, and so, there's a lot to like about them. I think their defense has a chance to be really good, but they're going to be young at the skill position spots. Anna, mm-hmm. Anna, like the numbers are good, like seven starters back on either side of the ball. There's a lot to like about that. But man, Breezy Dubar and Evan Bullock are not there anymore. And it's like they were such a special combination of offensive weapons that I don't know. Like I, I want to believe I'm just yeah, and I got, I, I got I to see a playmaker a step more. up. I believe a lot more now because of the way they looked at State Seven on Seven. Zyandre Williams, a sophomore quarterback, eased a lot of my concerns about the Coyotes going into 2023. Seth Parr is an offensive wizard. I trust him when it comes to offense. And he told me he's like, "This quarterback we got is going to be fine. Just watch, just watch." Mm-hmm. Jacob Emmers is back. He had mm-hmm. 17 touchdown catches last year. He's going to be the guy in the passing game again. They got to find a running back. Now, Zandre Williams is a little bit more of a dual threat. Bullock was more of a pocket passer, big kid, six foot five, stood in the pocket. Zandre is a little more of a dual threat guy. That that may help as they try to break in a, a new running back. I'll tell you this: the district eight four A Division one outside uh, outside of, of the Coyotes. I think Sulphur Springs, Brandon Faircloth did a heck of a job last year. His mm-hmm. first year, they're going to be better. And I think if you're looking for a deep sleeper, I think Paris is going to be a lot better this year. They bring back all 11 starters on the offensive side of the ball. They took a, a step back last year, but I think they're going to be a lot better this year. And then you look in District 6, Lake Worth won the district last year. They mm-hmm. beat Kennedale in district play last year. Lake Worth brings back um, the district MVP there in Dante Reese. 
Um, Jerry Prieto coming over from Crosby has won a lot of games. I think Lake Worth, if you're, if you're dismissing them, you're, you're doing so at your own peril. They're going to be the Bullfrogs are going to be really good as well. I'm not, I'm not here telling you they're going to win their region, win the region. Um, however, there are two teams from District Seven that are not mm-hmm. Salina that I'm into. One of them is a is a a a known commodity, a former state champion in Dallas Carter. Um, I like what they've got, especially on the offensive side. I think they're going to cook offensively. He's he is different. He's he's an alien. The other one is Frisco Panther Creek. Um, second year second year program. Um, you know, they made the playoffs last year, which I think was just like that's a huge step to just get that extra week of practice. They like like, you know, other programs we've talked about, they get uh, every one of their players back. Like, I don't know. Frisco Panther Creek could make that leap as well. I just I think District 7 between Salina, Carter and and Panther Creek, I think it's probably that stratified in that way, but I think they're all going to be fun to watch. And I think it's going to be like a, a competitive district, which will be interesting. It's going to be a lot better district top to bottom. Cause even Wilmer Hutchins should be improved. Yep. I think ranch view has some excitement mm-hmm. under, under a new head coach. The district top to bottom is not going to just be Salina and the six dwarves. It's going to be a good district. And more importantly, I know you're picking North Dallas to win the district. Hey, bring back 17 starters, baby. Let's go Bulldogs. I'm It'd in. be better. I'm buying in. Uh, all right. Over to Region 3, other side of the bracket. This is where Chapel Hill lives. We talked at length about them. Um, the team that is within their own region or district, rather, that they beat twice last year is mm-hmm. the Kilgore Bulldogs. Um, they beat Kilgore three in a row now. They beat him in the regional final in 2021 as well. In overtime. And that's and that's not nothing for that for 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 little no. ding dong Chapel Hill. That means something. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's an intense rivalry between yeah. those two. I saw it in seven on seven. They got after it. Now this Kilgore team is going to be. They're going to be good at all the Kilgore things. Like they're going to be good up front. They're going to have some linebackers who are just animals <laughs> and secondary that Kilgore secondary. secondary might be one of the best in, in in the state the back end of their defense is going to be really really special but again Zaylen stoker man I'm, I'm telling you they've got playmakers and they've got speed at every every level of the defense the question for them is going to be again once you get past that first line that top line talent their depth is going to be a concern for them and so if they lose a couple guys what happens then yeah, big inexperience at quarterback. They got to find a running back. Kilgore tends to always have running backs, but they're going to have to replace a really good running back, and they've got inexperience at the quarterback and the receiver spots. And then, Matt Stapp, I'd like to introduce you to one of my darlings for twenty twenty two, for twenty twenty three. All right. I'm I am in on Lumberton, man. I think last year was the start, not the finish. Um. It'd be really good. That Lucas Powell kid is special. He's <laughs> so good, dude. They had they had they had eight players who started as sophomores last year. Eight. Uh, so they're they're bringing back those guys now. They are kind of in in many respects kind of the opposite of Kilgore in the sense that quarterback's back and he's going to be a stud. Running back, I think they're running backs back and, and he's going to be a stud. A lot of these like known commodities, Trey Kirsch, their their star wide receiver, he's back. Jaden Ward, their their running back is back, right? But they got to replace four Jayden offensive Ward's line like Jaden Ward's like 5'6", 225. Like he is a bowling ball. 
but they've got replaced four out of five offensive linemen and they're replaced the entire secondary. That's the question for Lumberton is how quickly do they replace those parts of their team? And then, okay. (laughs) Let's, let's actually take a moment and talk about El Campo because I know what the conversation about El Campo is going to be. Uh, Oh, they don't have Ruben Owens. So who cares? Um, I'm here to tell you that I don't think they're going away. And oh. I think I think they've got playmakers that are not named Ruben Owens. They were more than Ruben Owens last year. And they just hired Travis Reeve. And Travis Reeve, the official stance of of, tech, of Tepid Step is that Travis Reeve is a ball coach in Jack. Yeah. And it may be a little bit of, a, of an addition by subtraction type thing for El Campo where they've been so reliant on Ruben Owens that, that they just didn't try other things at some point. I think Travis Reeve, a guy like Oliver Miles at quarterback, will be able to utilize all the weapons. It's it's a it, The parallel to this is, is Palestine. Palestine, mm-hmm. when they had Adrian Peterson, I want to say never got past second round of the playoffs. until Then he graduates and goes to OU, and then make the state semifinals. Do we see that similar effect with El Campo? Does everyone else raise their game and make El Campo a better team overall? And it's not like this is a team that that's, doesn't have tradition and doesn't have that pet pedigree. So the Rice Birds are going to be in the mix for sure. They're just in the if they were in Region Four, I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch them in Region Four. Being in Region Three, it's just such a fireworks factory. I don't know if they can make that deep run. They struggle against East Texas. I'm going to give you two teams that I would consider to be lurking kind of maybe ready for a leap up and you got to pick one to, to latch onto as a, as a potential, as a potential sleeper. Do you take Bay city or do you take Lindale? Both of which I think are kind of on the periphery of this region three right now. Neither. Oh, go for it. Big Iowa colony guy. Watch out for the pioneers in year two. You look at Iowa Colony scores last year, a lot of close losses with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. They bring back all 41 players. They are loaded with talent. They're, they're playing it with 5A numbers. They're, they're going to be a 5A school next year. Keep an eye on Iowa Colony. They're, they're poised for a major year two bump. Over to Region 4 now. Over to Region 4. Uh, we talked about Bernie. Bernie starts the year as the favorite in Region 4, and I do think that, like, any other team in Region 4, you kind of have to squint a little bit to mm. see anyone besides Bernie. Because, like, for example, the second-ranked team we have in Region 4 is is Cal Allen. Now, Cal Allen uh, has pedigree that, very, that, that I think literally no other team in this region has. Um, they've got, you know, they've, they've got, they've got legendary pedigree there at Cal Allen. Um, I think a second year, it's going, it's strange to say a second year under Steve Campbell because he's been there forever and ever, but like I know, yeah. a second year as head coach, I think that will help. They did go 13 and one last year, but yeah. they have like, like every year at Cal Allen, they were real senior heavy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they're they going to be. And they got beat pretty bad by Bernie. That was a game I believe Ish was at, and Bernie took him behind the woodshed pretty good. Yeah, it was 49-19, and that's when Ish, that was when Ish first started sounding the alarm. He was like, dude, this Bernie team is serious. Um, 
so I I'm not here to I'm not here to dismiss Cal Allen. Luke Medina is going to be kind of the new uh like this is going to stun you, but their best players are going to be a running back in Luke Medina and a linebacker in Jude Hernandez, which is just like, yeah, of course it's Cal. That checks out. Yeah, it's Cal. Yeah. Allen, yeah. Uh, but they still have so many pieces to, to, to fill and they've got to make up a 30 point gap with Bernie right now. That's, that's kind of hard to see right now. The other team here in this region that I think is interesting and maybe you may have an easier time talking me into it would be San Antonio Davenport. Um, a ten and two team. That's their second year program. Second, second year program coming program. this year. Yeah, a lot of lot of playmakers coming back, but like they bring back Zahir Livingston the linebacker spot. They got a they got a, a wide receiver in Kyler Payne they really like. Um, but they lose that guy. They lose Shaston Golden, who was mm-hmm. such a playmaker for them. Yeah, I, I think Davenport. They're going to be better across the board, but they got to find that guy in Shaston Golden. Um, they're another team that I think with the experience, they bring back uh, 31 Letterman, which is a ton for a school that size. So I do expect the year two bump is that, you know, Davenport lost to Cal Allen, who then lost to Bernie by 30. So that that's a pretty wide mm-hmm. gap uh, that needs to be made up. I think Davenport might be the second best team in the region, though. But is that enough to overtake um, the gap that um, that Bernie has opened up. And I, I think another team that's kind of, if you're looking for a sleeper was Calhoun. Fort LeBlanc and Calhoun really came on late in the year last that they had the rare five and eight record last mm-hmm. year. Uh, they run a, a unique offense. that's tough to stop. They bring a lot back. Calhoun is another team that I think uh, is going to be off the radar that people should be talking about in region four. I am. There, there's a couple of other programs here that are that are kind of worth mentioning. Lavernia, I think, is going to be in the mix. They, they've got they bring back a, a fair amount. You know, Somerset was a 10 win team last year. I think Lane Passes' defense is going to be is going to be pretty good and be able to hold them in some games, um, etc. I would like to issue. I think my first my first true hipster pick of 2023. I think I'm ready. Let's go. All right, Matt. Matt Step. I am hereby here to purchase some stock in the Warriors of Toloso Midway. I like this team. Okay. I like this team. I think last year you, I mean, you go back, uh, Chris O'Neill, I think they went one and nine in 2021. They go six and five last year. They make it to the playoffs, which is a huge deal at TM. Huge deal for them. And they bring back 16 starters. They have got some playmakers at all the right places. They're going to be really good in the front seven. Uh, I think they're a playoff team. And I think, so they're in District 16, uh, 16, Mm -hmm. uh, 4A Division 1. And I don't know. Like, I'm not here to tell you they're going to beat Cal Allen because, like, Cal Allen is literally, literally, it was the the team Phil Danaher never lost to. Yeah, Danaher was like 41 and 0 against TM or something crazy. Shocking number. However, I'm telling you, I can see them finishing like second in this district. I can see them beating Allison and Lafaria. I like this Tolosa Midway Mm -hmm. team. Um, Yeah, you could talk me into that for sure. For sure. Especially Alice is under a first year head coach, new Mm -hmm. system, new coaching staff. Might take them some time to get going. TM's got a lot of experience back there, they're comfortable with the system. My 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 first like hipster it. pick of 2023 is Toloso Midway. Um, all right, Matthew, let's bounce back up to the top. We'll zoom out, and you tell me who you like in each region and your state championship pick in 4A Division One. Uh, Decatur in Region One. Give me Anna in Region Two. Ooh. A little bit of an upset. 
Uh-huh. Uh, behind Stockton, Zion, Dre Williams. Region three, got to go with Chapel Hill. In region four, give me Bernie. Okay. And the state championship. So Chapel Hill last year played Bernie in San Antonio. If that matchup happens again this year, Bernie has to return the trip to East Texas. I don't think Bernie beats Chapel Hill in the woods. Ooh. I don't think that's happening. So give me Chapel Hill over Decatur in the state championship game. Wow. Okay. Funky. I'm going to go with Decatur in region one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go chalky. I'm going to go with China spring in region two. I'm I'm not going to overthink it. I'm just like, I'm not going to overthink it. I like the, I like China spring in region two. Um, let's see. I like Chapel Hill in region three. And I like, yeah, I like Bernie in Region 4. I'm going to go with all four regional champions the same. Bernie in Region 4. And I'm going to go... Jeez. Now it gets hard. This is tough. I'm going to go with Bernie to return the favor over China Spring. Okay. I'm going to go, I think, I think Bernie... I don't know those four that 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 group of four there Decatur China Spring Chapel Hill and Bernie you could you could make any two matchups there and they I think they'd all be feel like coin flips like they're all such stylistically interesting games like you could tell me right now Decatur wins a state championship and I'd absolutely be on board with it but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Bernie over China Spring but that's a coin flip and I hate picking against a two time champ but like I don't know I'll just I'll say it for now. I'll go with Bernie over China Spring. I don't know if I like it, but that's what I'm sitting with right now. In fact, I'm going to re-record this later. Don't um, do that. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, all right. That's it. We did 4A. Uh, another another episode of Tap and Step. Uh, this is the last... I, I hate to say this is the last episode of Tap and Step this week, but it is. Um, it is, yeah, because you are going on... The, you're, you're taking a weekend trip with the family, so... We're going uh, to Port A, baby. There you go. You know, so, I've never uh, been, I've never been to Port Aransas. Really? Neither have I actually. I've been to Corpus a bunch of times. I've never been to yeah. Port Aransas. Never, so. never done the Port you know, A. Swing thing, through. Which... You know, swing by Senton and talk to Coach Troutman about the Pirates a little bit while you're down there, maybe. So I'm driving a I'm driving a minivan with my wife and my two kids and my in laws, and I was like charting the path. And I was already like going through. I was like, oh man, like I'd love to stop by Refurio's. Oh man, I'd love to stop by that same. And my wife is just like. No, like you can't do that. Like we have a family and I'm like, but what about me? Won't somebody please think of me? When's the next time exactly, I'm going to be driving right? through Sinton? Exactly. I know. Family, they ruin everything. Um, I know. That's what happens. But hey, it's all right. Next week, we'll have two Teppin Steps. We'll do 5A on Monday and 6A on Thursday. It'll be so. beefy. Beefy. Oh, yeah. Resting my voice right now. Uh, that is going to do it for us. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tap and Step. Mm-hmm.